this is Clint Howard, and you're listening to the Champs Word Podcast. Stay tuned. Champs Word Podcast, the podcast of bad champs, the podcast champion. Opinions on this podcast may not be those of others. This podcast in adult language is completely uncensored. It's me, Fan Champ, the podcast champion. Here I am. Happy Halloween, everybody. And for your treat, I'm going to give you two more past episodes. The last two past episodes for you all to catch up. Because soon we'll have a great guest coming up right here on Chance World Podcast. A big guest coming up. So I thank each one of you for tuning in and listening to past episodes and me sharing with the ones that are just joining in and for all other others, you know, followers uh, and um, fans to uh, catch up listening again. And we live the experiences and, you know, the interviews that I had a past on the podcast. So it's a treat to all of you and new to the new new members and um, new new listeners out there. So I thank you to you very, very much. It means a lot for your support. So the past episodes... We have first Andre Gower from one of my favorite movies of all time, The Monster Squad. That's right, The Monster Squad. He plays Sean, and we interviewed him. It was a great interview. Um, it was great to have him on, on the show. Hopefully, he'll come back on the show as well. He's a great guest. The next, since I've seen The Terrifier this weekend, absolute great, great horror movie. If you haven't seen Terrifier, see Terrifier first, and then go to the theater and see Terrifier 2. Amazing, amazing horror film. If you like gore and you like blood, that's the way for you, for sure. But I had honor, um, as, as soon as Terrifier was, um, was um, the first one was actually done, I had honor having Jenna Kendall on the podcast. She's great. She was the first one. Um, so that was a great guest as well. So here we are, double feature. Treat for all of you for Halloween. First up, Andre Gower from Monster, the Monster Squad. And then next... Um, Jenna Kendall from Terrifier. 
So here you are. Enjoy and happy, happy, safe. Trick or treat. Enjoy the spirit of Halloween going around. And remember, eat your candy, check your candy, all that good stuff, and just enjoy. So, all of us out here, I love you, and happy Halloween. And here we go. <laughs>
no matter what. Like, you know, everybody says that you always see the Stephen King Wool shirt. That's got to be the first time, you know. Yeah, you know, that, that th- you know, who knew that would have become, you know, a piece of, right. you know, kind of iconography like it did, really. You know, it's it's something that a lot of people, you know, identify with and recognize. And, you know, a lot of people are Stephen King fans, rightly so. And a lot of people think that shirt is about Stephen King, which it sort of is. But when, you know, you when you when you run into someone that's wearing a Stephen King rule shirt that that gets it and other people realize that and they know Monster Squad, you know, they, exactly. they, in, they instantly become friends and they, they have a conversation. So an interesting piece of wardrobe that was never meant to be, you know, uh, an iconic, you know, visual piece was, uh, you know, ended up, you know, evolving into that and became, you know, something that a lot of people know, which is pretty cool. Right, exactly. And there's so many epic points. I can watch it. I watch it hundreds of times. Like it never gets old to me. That's always like the new, the first time I'm watching it. And like every line I know, you know, put it on mute, you know, line by line. You know, it's like it's just it's just a piece of history. It's a piece like a piece of my childhood. You know. You know, and it does, and it, and it stays with you know those things like that stay with us, and that's something that um, was very interesting, you know, to us as a group that we realized was happening, and then at one point it became you know, interesting enough to me to, you know, think about making a documentary about that dynamic and, you know, kind of interrogating, you know, why this movie impacted and lasted with people so long. Uh, and that's where we came up with, you know, the, the, you know, the core, you know, focus of what Wolfman's Got Nards, the documentary is. Right. I, I guess it was just like the dynamic of, you know, the old school universal monsters versus the modern day kids. You know, that, that's the whole, that was the whole coolness of it, you know, like monster, you know, universal monster, pretty much. Yeah, we, you know, as we looked into this over the years and during, you know, the production of the documentary, we realized that, you know, that combination of the original classic, you know, uh, you know, characters being the monsters, right, uh, leading up to in combining with something that was current, uh, you know, a group of kids and an adventure, you know, story, uh, that was an interesting combination that seemed really out of the box at the time. But for a handful of people, you know, it, it really landed. And that was something that ended up being, you know, a gateway movie, you know, into the genre for a lot of kids. Uh, it ended up becoming a staple for them. Uh, you know, it ended up, they became the ambassadors of the movie. They, you know, recorded it or, you know, told their friends about it and, you know, passed it around the schoolyard or their neighborhoods. And, it, you know, that was an interesting kind of, uh, again, and you know, another phenomenon that, you know, that was happening in the neighborhoods and the schoolyards that we didn't know was happening. Because the movie didn't last long in the theaters, and we thought it was over and dead. Right, it's definitely gone on through years. You know, showing nephews and stuff, stuff like that. So it's definitely going on years and years. You know, yeah, which is just you know, uh, it's you, you can only celebrate that and marvel at the you know the lasting power that it has, and you know have conversations of you know why it does last so long. You know, what are the reasons? Right, and those have been the right. fun conversations over the last few years. Or do you see me afraid once on set? Like, you know, what are some memories you had on set or, you know, with the certain actors and stuff like that? You know, I enjoyed the whole time. You know, now granted, I enjoyed the whole time, but, you know, everybody realizes that, you know, shooting a big studio movie with creatures and effects and kids, it's a lot of work. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of time. Uh, so you, you've got to show up and, and you get worn out and you have to know what you're doing. And it, it's a lot of work. So it's not all fun and games. But you have fun while you're doing it, of course. Um, so I enjoyed just about every day, um, you know, that I can remember because it was just a great experience. But being on the set, you know, probably around, 
you know, that last week of shooting, which was really kind of that last, you know, final sequence in the final act and, you know, with the wind and the effects and the, you know, you know, right. Wolfman blowing up and, you know, you're hitting right. Wolfman with a bat and Dracula flying through the air. And, you know, that was that was obviously kind of the highlight of the entire production was, you know, shooting that last week late at night and going through all that craziness. I mean, today, today, you know, like I said, I, I, I like, I like the, um, I don't like too much CGI. I mean, nowadays it's too much CGI. I like the practical effects. You know, I'm sure you guys were you know, a lot more practical effects back then. You know, you know, CGI right around by then. You know, but I'm more, I'm more of a, I'm more of a, um, a practical effect guy. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this was, you know, an amazing time in that because practical effects had been updated, reinvented, and I think these guys. You know, all the creature effects artists that were working at Stan Winston's shop during the time of, you know, Monster Squad, which was 87, you know, so they had just come off of Aliens and Predator and all these other great things, including Monster Squad, that I think that group of people at that time uh, changed the game. You know, there was a paradigm shift of practical effects in the business, and that's why they're the icons they are today. And but it was right at that time where, you know, digital effects were just around the corner, just starting to come in right. uh, and, and kind of take over because then they thought it was better and easier. And they found out they were wrong. <laughs> and, you know, so we're now seeing what you, you know, I, you're I, I love digital effects because the technology is amazing what you can do with it. Right. And when right, you do right. it right, it's amazing. And I think when you do it right, mm -hmm. it's a hybrid of practical supplemented by the digital and using the technology to enhance what you can create uh, physically, and right. I think that's when you have the, right. the best turnout. Right, because a lot of these remakes are like you know, it's, I, it depends on the remake. You know, I like some remakes, sometimes I don't. Like Monster Effect, Monster Squad, it, there's no way they can make a remake of that. I'm like, it, it's a classic. I hate when they touch classics. You know, it messes up some people's childhood or something like that. You know, I just I like the originals, and that's it. I mean, some of so if they can do it right, it, it's cool, awesome, but. Sometimes we need some more original ideas. No doubt, know? no doubt. Like, what are your favorite? What are your favorite movies? Like, you know, what what do you what do you like? And what are you into? What are your hobbies? You know, like, I don't you know? have one particular lane. I'm I'm really sort of a mishmash of of all types of movies. And I grew awesome. I grew up, uh, you know, sure, you know, horror, you know, horror is you know such a powerful genre. And when you grow up and mm -hmm. you know you get to our age, you know, it's. Uh, you know, you you see right. a lot, but then if you've got exposed to the you know the the older stuff and the classic stuff, even in the genre, there's so much there to enjoy. And you know, I grew up as a sci-fi kid. I loved sci-fi movies, um, so I yes. really yep. love sci-fi. I loved fantasy and adventure. Um, and I think that uh, you know, being you know my dad's kid, my, you know, my dad was a big kind of uh, you know World War II movie buff and a Cold War espionage movie buff and so we loved to share those movies as well and so i was probably watching a ton of movies that you know eight nine ten year olds you know weren't interested in at the time you know if it had you know gene hackman in it or you know a spy story or yep. you know old bond movies you know which were fun they were you know bond movies were a little bit more on the campy end of the spy movies but, you know, during the, you know, the 70s and 80s, it was such a height of the Cold War that there was so much content out there, whether it was, you know, Rocky Four or a Gene Hackman movie, um, you know, exactly. all the way down to probably, uh, you know, my favorite kids adventure movies of that era of my childhood uh, were uh, Stand By Me and Red Dawn. 
Stand yes. by Me and Red Dawn yep. were two of my favorite kids adventure movies, and they're they're yep. very different, but they're also very you know they're similar. Uh, a lot of people don't a lot of people mm-hmm. don't think Red Dawn is a kids adventure movie, and I was like, it's the ultimate kids adventure movie. It, is, it totally and, uh, is, you know. So that and and Super Cold War, you know, feels there, and you know, but at the same time, we had great horror movies at the time, and you know, when I was really young, I was honestly a little. I was a little apprehensive about seeing super scary movies, uh, you know, as a kid, uh, as we all should be because right. they're scary. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, but I remember seeing, you know, The Exorcist at a way too young of an age. I saw, you know, The Thing at a way too young of an age, and and my sister made me leave the movie theater. And um, but I remember that day well because you know John Carpenter's The Thing. Um, you know, is now arguably a classic and a great movie, uh, but it right. died in the box office because E.T. killed it. You know, if you're having an Aliens movie, you know, it came mm-hmm. out at the same time. But uh, my claim to fame with, you know, lo- loving The Thing, I got made to leave the theater uh, in the middle of the movie. As soon as the dog turned inside out, uh, I had my sister made me leave the movie theater to go to the next door to see whatever's ever playing there. And I walked into the sci-fi, you know, masterpiece of Megaforce and had to watch that movie. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> thank you, Barry Bostwick. But, um, you know, so it was, you know, I remember seeing so many movies, not only being on television and in the movies at the time, you get to see how they're made and how they're done. But I enjoyed, you know, going to the movies as often as I could, because I think going to the theater with exactly. your friends or yep. your sister or your, you know, I used to go to the drive-in with my dad. And that was... Um, you know, those are indelible marks that don't leave. And, you know, they are they are milestones in, in our lives that uh, are very important. And I think people discount a little bit how important cinema is uh, in in your mm-hmm. upbringing. It's just a shame that, like, they know some of the theaters are closed now. You know, the whole, like, you know, all this going on, COVID and stuff like that. You know, the whole movie theaters being closed and everything's digital. It's not the fun, you know, going to a movie theater, getting popcorn, you know, going to Blockbuster, you know, back in the Blockbuster, discovering a video. You know, on sure. The show, and know? that was, um, you know, I've, I've had a couple conversations about that very thing. And, and, I, and I love talking about the importance of that because, you know, now, great, it's amazing. We can, we can log in or tune in or hit a button right. and see whatever movie almost that we want to if you have the service. And that is amazing because that allows access to people to see stuff they probably never would see. So I love that aspect of it. That's fantastic. Right. But one thing that we're missing now is, you know, when we were kids, you know, whether you were in the 50s, 60s, 70s or 80s or 90s or even today when you had the movie theater. um, But Mm -hmm. especially back in the in the early 90s, 80s and 70s, when you were a teenager or a kid and you got together with your friends and you were going to see a movie, the mere the mere plan or coordination of going to the, the to the cinema and watching films uh, was an adventure in itself. And you had to leave your house. You had to yep. meet up with your buddies. You had to coordinate getting dropped off by your parents. Or you got to ride your bikes to the mall. And, or, you know, schedule whose parents you're going to go to the drive-in in a station wagon with. And it became an experience. And it was an adventure unto itself. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we miss that a little bit when we turn over on the couch and hit a button. And, you know, when you're watching it by yourself and I don't discount watching movies by yourself because I watch most movies alone. That's the way I enjoy them. But 
there's something about right. the importance of movies and films being a shared experience that you can communicate about afterwards or share what you liked about it. Um, and, and we, we miss that nowadays. Uh, but we've replaced it a little bit with you can either live stream a movie with your friends around the world or in a, in a different state. And, and then you can chat about it, you know, afterwards or you can, you know, hook up on Zoom and talk about it or you can get on the phone or FaceTime somebody and talk about the movie. So I don't think it's completely gone about the shared experience. Right. But the larger communal experience about sitting around, you know, the movie screen and, and watching this flickering light in front of you. Uh, in a darkened room mm -hmm. and sharing the storytelling experience uh, to me, uh, you know, that's gone right now and it may be gone forever, which would suck. Right. But um, you know, right. all that is is sitting around the tribal campfire and, you know, listening to the elders tell stories and, and mythology and, and scare stories and adventure stories and voodoo stories and uh, magic, magical stories. And we replaced the campfire with the movie screen because it is, you're just still sitting around a flickering light in a darkened area and, you know, with a communal experience. And that theater group of people became your new tribe. And I think that's a, that's a neat thing that we did for about 100 years. <laughs> and now we've now that's been replaced, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, an evolution, which is which is fine because we've got to progress in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I miss just miss a day going to Blockbuster, you know, family night in the Blockbuster. And that's when you discover stuff, you know, yeah. VCRs. And then I got my VCR repair, you know, you know, had to repair a VCR right out of high school. So as soon as I finished that course, DVDs came <laughs> like, oh, my God, why? Well, that's, you know, that's exactly what happens in that. So that's a great story. You know, and even, exactly. you know, even when you look at something like the, the you know, uh, video cassette recorders, uh, and whether it's beta or VHS in, in the 80s, Everybody thought that would ruin films, and it didn't. It allowed more films to be seen and shared by people and families. So that little evolution of technology yep. was amazing. But then again, you mentioned going to the local video store or when Blockbuster came around and killed the local video store. Um, you know, that was also an experience and an adventure. You either got in the car with your parents uh, or your you know, siblings or you rode your bike to, you know, to the store with your friends and you got to – you got to walk mm -hmm. up and down these aisles and see all of this great box art and, you know, staff selections and, you know, managers picks and new releases. And you got to learn what genres were and what movie was in each. And you could see a box cover from a movie you never heard about, but you may want to watch it. So you'd rent it for the dollar fifty. And I, I think the video store right. for, you know, the, the 10, 15, 20 years that they were around was... Uh, you know, another paradigm shift. And I thought it was a great thing uh, where people learned. It was, it was a learning experience. Definitely. I think there's one last blockbuster, I believe in Wisconsin. There's the last one standing. She had the you know, whole store safe set up, uh, VCR, you know, <laughs> DVDs, the whole nine yards. So it's pretty cool to see that, you know. Yeah, it's, there. Uh, you know, that's definitely a piece of, uh, you know, Americana. Um, but, you know, a lot of, in Look, Blockbuster was great. Um, I enjoyed the local independent mm -hmm. video stores um, even better because, you know, yep. they weren't That's a slave true, yep. to, you know, what the studios were throwing at them. So, you know, you could they, they still got one or two of the new releases, but they weren't inundated with 100 versions of it. And, you know, Blockbuster, you know, became, you know, kind of our first, you know, Walmart. And, you know, it, it kind of pushed, yep. you know, pushed kind of that, uh, you know, independent voice out. But they stuck around. They stuck around for as long as they could. And I, I think that was a good thing. 
but then, you know, all of a sudden it was all yeah. over. You know, Blockbuster was gone. Hollywood Video was gone. The independent mom and pop, you know, the mm-hmm. Rocket Videos, the, you know, Astro Video, yep. the Roadrunner Video, you know, whatever it was. Um, you know, those ended up, you know, going away and, you know, cause we replaced them with DVDs or, you know, direct sales and the internet and now streaming. But, um, you know, it's still, you know, whether you find, you know, the stories you want to watch, whether they're on the internet or on a streaming service, or when we can go back to the movie theaters, uh, it's still an important thing to do. And, and movies have a lot to say and a lot to mm-hmm. tell. So I think everybody should continue to you know, watch movies and films and documentaries and, and enjoy, escape, and learn as much as you can. It's a piece of history. You know, we can always tell, you know, the younger ones. It's back in the day. So we will we'll have a story, you know, tell, you know, back in the day we had yeah. blockbusters, we had movies, you know, this and that. Well, certainly. And, I, you know, and, and I think, and I was, we, you know, we always lament as human beings whenever our generation passes out of that certain time where that's probably the most enjoyable and important to us being our childhoods and adolescence and coming of age. Um, but you know, the, there's, there's always going to be great mo- stories about movies and, you know, the, the movie theater, you know, back in the, you know, you know, the, the early 20th century, um, you know, was not very popular because it wasn't accessible and there weren't a lot. And what really, you know, people went to the movies because the movie houses in the 1920s and such were the only places that had air conditioning. And so they would pay their nickel or whatever mm-hmm. to go sit into whatever was playing. They didn't really care. They just wanted to get out of the heat. And, uh, you know, that would, that ended up, you know, being an interesting dynamic of what made the movies, you know, this, the movie theaters, these, you know, palaces of entertainment. So we all go, we all go through right. those evolutions, now, which think, is interesting, I think. Right. <laughs> exactly. So now speaking of like you know streaming and documentary stuff, you you worked on in a movie called um, Wolfman Got Nards. Explain some of that, you know. Yeah, you know it, it it really ended up being uh, you know a project that turned out really well for you know me and my production crew that I teamed up with with Pilgrim Media Group to make this. Um, you know, I thought over the years, you know, when Ashley Bank and Ryan Lambert and I and and, and Fred, and, you know, the cast were going around and doing conventions and meeting these fans that it was very interesting that how deeply Monster Squad had impacted these these people. And we thought for a while that it was just sort of a flash in the pan, uh, you know, kind of a nostalgic, you know, hit that would, you know, you know, die out and burn out after a year or two. And that didn't happen. You know, the stories just kept coming and the fans kept coming and the fan base grew and they kept coming out and they kept connecting with us. And I realized after a number of years that the impact of the Monster Squad on these human beings uh, was more profound and deep than, than we had realized. And I was, I was interested in looking at that. And I was interested in finding out, you know, why this movie meant so much to these people. Because there's sort of like a 50-50 dichotomy out there with, with movie fans. And, you know, we, le- we, we saw that either you knew Monster Squad and you were a fan or you had never heard of it or even seen it. And I thought, you know, that dynamic was interesting. I thought the dynamic of how this movie had evolved into a cult film and was this a cult film or was it just a classic that people had always liked? And we got so many different answers. And I got very lucky at the time when, uh, you know, I ran into, uh, you know, who's now one of my good friends and, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, industry partners now, Henry McComas, and, you know, a group of guys at Pilgrim Studios, um, you know, just one day on the sidewalk. And we ended up talking about projects. And 
I had this in the hopper along with a couple others that I was working on at the time. And we ended up talking and, and, and kind of uh, really kind of breaking out what a documentary could be. And we worked on it for a, a week or two. We took it to the executives. Uh, we pitched it to them. Uh, they jumped on board. You know, I, I put a deal together with my company and Pilgrim Studios that, you know, was advantageous to all of us. And we got to work. And what ended up happening, it was the year, uh, you know, leading into and of the 30th anniversary year, which we knew there'd be a handful of good events. And, you know, as soon as we went into production, you know, three or four things just fell into place in that year that we were not expecting uh, time wise and, you know, availability wise and event wise that just really added, you know, to making a documentary that we were really just looking into you know, the original core of it was why this movie meant so much to people and why does it have lasting power like this? And as we got into it, it just built and built and built and got higher and higher and it got deeper and deeper of what we were experiencing and these great stories. And, you know, we, we, that allowed us to go deeper into what we were looking at. You know, we ended up going on, uh, you know, a 17 city Alamo draft house tour, which we, I got to bring my production crew with us for all of that, which we weren't anticipating. And that gave us such a great element as a through line through this whole movie, um, that really just kind of made the whole thing. And we ran into people that we had never met before that had some of the greatest stories that we got on camera. Uh, it led to some, you know, spur of the moment things like, you know, visiting people in, the hospital that weren't allowed to come to a screening or meet us and they missed out. But we, we took the, you know, we took the appearance to them and, you know, th these are things that just came up as you're on the road and on the 10 years, oh, I'm sorry, the 10 months of shooting this documentary that, you know, the, the, the combination of timing and, you know, things that j we couldn't have asked for a better 10 months. And I couldn't have asked for a better group of people to work with, with Henry McComas and Wes Caldwell and, Shane Patterson and Aaron Kunkel. And that was kind of our core, you know, kind of production group at Pilgrim along with, you know, behind the scenes, you know, um, admin type, you know, like Eric Lukowski and Jen off all these people that worked, you know, to, to make this doc, you know, we had a very small footprint, but we had a very big impact and, you know, it was just an amazing year. And then we went right into a, you know, you know, section of the doc where we ended up, you know, scheduling people to sit down and do interviews and who we were going to get for that. And uh, it was, it was just amazing, you know, for the people that we got to sit down like Seth Green and Adam F. Goldberg and, um, you know, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Corona, who uh, uh, was Zach Ryder with WWE and, um, you know, even Stephen Mott yep. and Ashley Bank and Lisa Fuller from the movie. And we got to talk to Duncan Regeer about, you know, his thoughts on, you know, you know, making of the movie and, and, and you know, how this impact has, has affected him. And no one really appears on camera in this documentary that doesn't have something to say about the impact of this movie and whether they were in the movie, whether they built a, you know, built the creature, you know, the creature, the gill man, or whether they were just a fan that it impacted their lives. Everybody that's on camera has something to say that they were connected or impacted by this film. And uh, whether that was the director, you know, the co-writer and the director, or, you know, the kid that played Rudy, which was Ryan Lambert, or Seth Green, who had, right. uh, you know, screen tested and was almost in the movie, but didn't get it. But he ended up staying in L.A. after that and becoming this amazing, you know, uh, you know, performer and creator. Uh, all the way down to, you know, a kid in, 
you know, Waynesboro, Virginia that, you know, you know, saw this movie on a Saturday afternoon and changed his life. Um, you know, it was just fascinating, you know, to go through that process. And uh, I'm just super happy the way it came out. And we had an amazing film festival run for about seven months in, uh, you know, two years ago now. And, you know, we went through this weird kind of lull where um, we we, we right. couldn't get traction on a release for a while because, uh, you know, you know, one or two things happened during the festival season of timing. And, you know, and then there was some, you know, miscommunication here and there. And then we were actually in a deal with a worldwide distribution deal, um, you know, over a year ago. And so we worked for six months on that and that ended up not happening. And so you had to start from square one and we started from square one again back in the spring. And we ended up, you know, getting, uh, you know, a, a great release through Gravitas Ventures, uh, you know, that released on October 27th of, of last of 2020. And, you know, which I think might have ended up being a good, you know, a good thing in disguise because, you know, the pandemic kind of changed everything. And, uh it hit everything hard. And right. so that, that was hit everything and stuff that. that, yeah. Uh, but we had a great North American release in U.S. and Canada with Gravitas. And, you know, as we speak, we're working on the international release because we've got so many international fans uh, in the U.K., in Australia, in Spain, in Germany, uh, you know, that are waiting to get their, you know, their access to this documentary, which is, you know, a love letter to their favorite film. Uh, but it's also really, you know, a letter to the fans. And, you know, I can't wait for the international, you know, uh, crowd right. to finally get to see it. Hopefully we'll get, like, you know, conventions back and stuff, too. You know, oh, no doubt, States, no doubt. Like that, yeah. You know, conventions get back up and running. You know, I'm, I'm part of, like, you know, I promote a lot for New Jersey Horror Con Film Festival. I, I, I would love to have you guys there, you know, so with that. Yeah, you know, we, you that, know, you know, doing conventions and appearances is, you know... You know, some people get tired of it, but if you space it out and do the right ones, they're invig- you know they're they're amazing and they're invigorating. And I love interacting with the fans, and I think the fans dig it. You know, from the other side of the table, we're all we're all wear our our that's, that's, uh, Steer King rule shirts. Oh, that's right. Cold, that's, uh, big uh, it's fans. awesome when you see that because you know you instantly have a connection with somebody. And what's even better than you know me connecting with them is that they connect with other people, and it just forges kind of relationships and friendships that last for you know. I I know people that met at you know kind of the original screening, and they're still friends today, and they never knew each other before that. And you know, it's it's just interesting that you can be involved with something that connects people over space and time. And, you know, and, and has some longevity there. That, that's, that's a really neat thing to be a part of. Right, exactly. Like speaking, like, you know, we're going to documentary. We're going to document myself. I'm a podcast documentary, you know, sharing our stories, you know, how to get a podcast. And so little by little, like, you know, the year for grass, little downfalls here, you know. But I'm working on, you know, kind of remote and stuff like that on the phone. The technology, you can on the phone now, you know, just filming the phone. People send me videos yeah. and stuff like that, you know, trying to get that up and running. It's tough, but it's you a do. challenge, and, but, you know, and, you got to keep once, pushing. Once you, know. you break through that, you know, there's always a, a, a spot that you think you're not going to get through, and then you get through it and you finish it, and, 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 you've, and you've accomplished something. And, uh, you know, that's, that's nothing to take um, lightly. That's, a, that's an accomplishment. So, you know, kudos to you. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, you know, hope, I'm going to try to get to see the DVD. You know, I haven't seen it yet. Like, like I want to see it. You know, I'm going to probably order it, you know, Amazon, stuff like that. You know, and um, 
If you want to say to your fans right now, say to you, what do you want to say to your fans? That are you know, look, yes, fans, you know, kind of the same thing you okay. always do. You know, it's uh, I can't imagine a, 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 a better group of fans that are more loyal or, or, or more connected to something. And it's just amazing to be a part of that. And I'm glad, uh, you know, to be a part of your group. And, you know, if, um, you know, whether you're celebrating Monster Squad or showing it to your own kids, which now that's another interesting, you know, phenomenon that, you know, there's a whole second generation of Monster Squad fans, mm -hmm. uh, which I think just, you know, adds to the lasting power of it. So that's amazing. Um, you know, I love interacting on social media. So hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Please follow the documentary, you know, or, or order it on your local VO, you know, on your VOD platform of choice. Order the DVD or Blu-ray on Amazon if you're in U.S. and Canada. And if you're international, you know, you just got to wait a little bit longer. We'll get it out to you. But, you know, follow at the squad doc on uh, Twitter and Instagram or online and the website. And, uh, you know, ask questions, interact, you know, you know, send to me and send the, you know, the doc messages and. We'll give you updates and news and interact as much as we can. We, we enjoy doing it. Well, from a fan from the Monster Squad, I don't thank you so much. You know, Andre, it's an honor, you know, having you on my show even. You know, please do a shout out to Ashley and all the other guys. You know, you guys are always welcome on my podcast. Anytime you guys want to promote anything, please hit me up. You know, you know you're oh, well, we appreciate that. that. So, I'll definitely let them know and, uh, you know, Everybody out there listening, you know, support all those other great people, support Mike, support the show, you know, signal boost when you can. That's what it's all about. We're all about here supporting everybody's endeavors. And, um, you know, we'll see you soon, Mike. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. All right. Take care. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Take care, man. Bye. Here we are, folks, with our guest tonight. We're episode 40. The great actress from Terrifier, Jenna Kendall. How are we doing, Jenna? <laughs> uh, it's Canel. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, Canel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, you're good. You're good. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. So uh, how is everything here on your side? Good? Yeah. Yeah, things are really good. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. No, no problem. Thank you. So we'll get right to it. Um, so how did, how did your career begin? Like, you know, how did your... How did, who inspired you to become an actress? You know, how did it all begin for you? Uh, I guess it started when I was uh, a little kid. I used to really love to tell stories with these little plastic animals and sit in the corners of rooms and tell stories by myself. And that eventually evolved into, uh, into writing. And then eventually I did some theater in high school and I decided to try uh, being an extra just to watch what being on set was like. And uh, in that one day I was happier than I had ever really been being in school as much as I love school and right. education is incredibly important um, I was just so happy there and I just felt like I belonged there better than I had um, really anywhere prior to that point and so I tried doing it and I really fell in love with it and then um, was acting and doing stunts for uh, a number of years stunts I kind of no pun intended fell into <laughs> through my uh, martial arts background and then uh, eventually I ended up trying directing 
ended up really loving that. And uh, now I try and bounce around between them. I've also done some assistant directing as a way to learn how to be a better director, learn how the set works, how things move, logistics, scheduling. And that's been uh, super beneficial as well. But yeah, now I kind of bounce between them, uh, between union acting and stunt work, and then freelancing as a filmmaker. Very nice. Yeah, I first seen you in um, Terrifier. Now I, I know a couple of friends are, in, you know, our friends with actual David and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, we're part of New Jersey Horror Film Festival, which is in March. And we seen you guys coming, like, oh, that's so awesome! Like you having the whole crew coming back, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. So we actually have a table. We, we, this is be our sixth one, the sixth time um, Horror and we have a table. Oh, so wow. We would be there podcasting stuff. Me and my wife. Oh, cool! I'm she got me on. She got me on tonight. She was busy tonight, so she got me on tonight. But she's usually my co-host, so. Okay, that's well. I'm excited to meet meet her as well. Yeah, or we'll be we'll, you. Well, we'll have a table. No, so no worries about that. So how did how did oh, cool. being a terrifier? How did you get into? You know, how did you become? How did you land you land that role? You know, how did it become your role? What was that like being on set? Uh, in terms of the getting the uh, becoming a part of the project, I had actually auditioned for something else of Damien's mm-hmm. uh, years prior to that, a different film of his called the night circle that didn't end up getting made but basically we kept in touch i'm not even sure how we got in touch in the first place but we kept in touch and we got along really well and had really similar tastes in films obviously i thought i'd seen his um other uh seen all hallows eve and seen his short films and thought he was very talented and he kept me in mind and basically came back at one point and said hey so that movie actually didn't get any funding but i've got this other one if you'd be interested and I read it, and I thought it was really something. Uh, and it seemed like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. So um, I said yes, and then uh, spent two weeks in New York and New Jersey uh, filming it with him. I had to go up uh, beforehand to get my face molded for a prosthetic, which was uh, an experience um, that I hadn't done prior to that. And so that was that was interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then filming it was, I mean, you know, it's it's like a lot of film worlds where it's both a daydream and a nightmare at the same time. A lot of indie films, I guess I should say, um, where, you know, it's a ton of fun and it's collaborative and you get to really be a part of every part of the process and see see what it's like. And But um, but it's also, you know, it's it's independent film and so you deal with certain uh, logistical challenges but everyone is in it together ultimately so even through the freezing cold and um, you know uh, people uh, certain departments being understaffed you know everyone everyone pitches in and you're working on a common goal and you end up becoming very close with people as a result right yeah it's like a big like a big family and stuff the movie was great. I mean, yeah. it, it brought back the 80s horror. Like, I'm a big horror fan. Like, I love the 80s horror. So seeing this movie was like, oh, my God, wow, this is awesome. Like, it's original. It wasn't a remake. It was, it was off the books, you know, original, which was great. Thank you. Like, there was too many. There was way too many remakes. Like, okay, I respect the remakes. I go through almost every podcast, every every episode I have. There's way too many remakes. If the remake's good, okay, I'll give it a chance. But this was original. It came out of nowhere, and it was original. brought the 80s horror. So it was it was amazing. Thank you. I mean, I'm saying thank you on behalf of... Right, right, right. I know, I know. Played a, a very small part. 
right. but in uh, <laughs> in the entirety of the film itself, because um, right. as as someone who works production, I know just how much work goes into that side of things. Oh, absolutely. And, and especially again on an independent film where you don't have as much money, you're everyone's doing fifty jobs, and yeah, Damien did a really incredible job. With oh, the absolutely. Edit. I think all of us were very pleasantly surprised with. Everybody, with how it's been received. Right. Everybody puts their part in. You know, it makes a big teamwork, team effort. And that makes the film great, you know? Yeah. It wasn't yeah, rushed. It was perfect. It was good scenes. It was good, you know, good effects. Per- great, great effects. I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, sorry. Uh, let me get out of this very echoey area. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that, and we're back, uh, that, uh, as you probably know, Damien has a special effects background mm-hmm. and so that's mm-hmm. why all of the effects look so great and and i like that he wasn't afraid to be john carpenter about it and right. make everything practical and not rely on vfx in the way that so many people do gratuitously to uh, in some cases I mean, there was graphic parts but it was amazing i mean i loved it people are gonna always be always be warned like oh i didn't like this i didn't like that but you know what they they don't know horror <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a throwback, and and it was definitely, um, you know, say what you want about it, but it's very much a, a classical. Right, um, no, it's definitely a classic, and I'm looking forward to too. I really am. <laughs> yeah, as you as as I imagined, you know, I will not be in number two. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I never say never. I mean, you, there's always a miracle. The dead people always right. come back. <laughs> you know, I could have a, I could have a twin sister. I there could, we go. I could, yeah, it's happened our movies. You never know. The dead you, is. You are absolutely right. The dead is never dead. Like that. The dead is you're never right. dead. You're right. You're right. All bets are off. There are no rules. I don't know why I'm acting like there are rules. <laughs> so what would be your like? What would be your dream role in any franchise? What would it be? Ooh. See, really, my dream role would be Princess Mononoke, but I think that would be whitewashing. So, <laughs> not going to answer with that. Even though I would love to be that type of character, um, maybe like a. Either like a girl with the dragon tattoo, or like um, type, or like a Trinity type, something that's dark and edgy, and but layered and nuanced and interesting, but with really good character development, um, really, really layered subtext and like ass kicking. Right. Love. Kind of like a Laura Croft kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see it's a Laura Croft. Thank you. The, la- that, the, the last I, girl standing. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, fucking, yeah, down. So down. Would be so down with that. <laughs> Push Angelina and Jolie aside. <laughs> yeah, well, no, listen, we can we can work in tandem. That's bad. That's true. <laughs> I, would, I would be, um, I would have a very hard time not fangirling around her, but I would certainly try <laughs> to behave professionally and uh, like a normal human. Right. What, are, what are some opinions like the, like the remakes and stuff like that? You know, what are some of your opinions on that uh, I think it depends I think right. there are some franchises and some projects which honestly need a reboot um, and and could use more diversity or more um, attention to I don't know more more different resources um, I think there are some franchises and some some projects that benefit from being revisited through a more um, a more contemporary lens, but at the same time, that being said, there are a lot that really don't need to be touched. Right, exactly, <laughs> and are perfect the way they are. So you know, use your discretion, I guess. 
Right. Like, there are some like, that should be touched. Like, for example, I don't know. They should have left it alone. It was good, you know. But my my it is um. I always say Tim Curry. That's my it. Robert England. <laughs> Robert England's my my Freddie. <laughs> Sorry. They want Kevin. Ba- they want Kevin Bacon to play Freddie now. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Listen, in 20 years they're going to be finding the next Terra, so uh, I don't want. It. I'm careful to wag my finger now. That's that's true. <laughs> no, but I think Damon got a, got a good thing to go. He got a good got a good legend going. So they're going to have to do a lot of work to update the, update this one. I I hope not. Yeah, yeah. Next time they update it, they'll they'll say, "Oh, it's so vintage. It looks like it's 2001." Right. Exactly. <laughs> Hope be like 2055 or something like that. I'm like, wow, this was the 80s. Right. And I'm like, no, this was right. 2000. Right. Oh my gosh, this is what 2010 looked like. Right. It's archaic. I mean, it's, it's they good. spoke to each other with their mouths. Yeah. What's a cell phone? Like back in the 80s, what we, is that? We didn't know what a cell phone was. Like he's seen taking selfies. So we'll right. probably have like um like flying phones or something like that. Wow, they had to hold they had to hold their hands. We have flying cell phones now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's all sorts of technology that we will not don't ever even know about. about. Like I remember the first cell phone came out. I was like, I, this guy from my you know job I was working at one time, like way back in my first cell, the first cell phone actually came out, and he was talking to himself. Like, why is he talking to himself? I'm like, this guy must be out of his mind. It was actually the first oh Bluetooth. Gosh. It was the Bluetooth. I didn't know what it was yet. You know, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, you know. Oh, wow. He's talking to himself. Is he, is he, is he okay? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, wow. Now right. we got like. I can't, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. And, and, you know, then we had the cell phones, like, you know, like a house phone next to your ear. Now we got the little pocket ones you see in your pocket, you know, when you have it on you, you know. I know. I've, I love the photos or the videos of, of, you know, you're watching something from the 80s or 90s and. Someone takes out their cell phone and it's phone. the size of their head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, then, then, then there was the flip phones, and then now there's the Bluetooth. You don't have to hold your phone anymore. You just, you know, put it in your ear. I know. Well, eventually you'll just press a button on the side of your temple, and all of a sudden right. you're talking to we'll have, somebody. We'll have implants in our head, and we'll just boop. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's close, man. It's it, close. It's getting there. It's around the corner. Yep. So what else are your favorite hobbies? Like, what do you do on your spare time? You know, what do you like to do, you know, besides acting and stuff like that? Sure. Uh, besides filmmaking and um, acting, one of my favorite things is I uh, I train in Krav Maga, the uh, Israeli self-defense style. Nice. That's my form of working out and staying in shape and um, being able to do fight scenes and, and weapon, um, weaponry and things like that. Uh, so that's, I love doing that. And I wish I had more time to do it but i do it um typically about once a week sometimes more um sometimes less if i'm working but uh that's one um obsessing over my cat i love my cat so much uh she's definitely high up on the list i really enjoy writing still um, typically for work but sometimes for fun and i really love to read a whole lot uh on all sorts of things um I mean, watching movies, obviously. Got to stay, you know, knowledgeable, learn more as much as I can. Right. Hiking. I love hiking, camping, um, just being outside, being in nature. We Big like, fan. We like paranormal investigating. I mean, I've done it in a while, like, you know, paranormal stuff, stuff like that. I like to have paranormal and stuff like that, so it's interesting. Oh. interesting so. That is interesting. I have not done that. Yeah, but I'm curious about it. We record a lot of stuff. I mean, I can. That's a whole new. That's a whole other episode. That's a different podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
You actually, um, I know you know my name. You actually probably know. I'll give her a shout out because she's my first. She was my first ever guest on my podcast. This is the fortieth episode. Um, Lauren Malloy. She has. A, she's an author. You actually bought one of her shirts. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, she gave me she gave me one of her shirts, and we yep. took a we took a picture together at the con. Yeah, she's lovely. I, I told her you're gonna be honest. Like, oh my god, tell her I said hello. I was like, I'll give you a big shout out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so nice of you. She's so she's so sweet. I like yeah, her a lot. We know for um, years. We do know we know a lot of for a lot of years. For, awesome. for anyone, oh, that's so cool. Didn't realize what a small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those for those listening, um, her shirt that she gave me says "Spooky Bitch." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it is a classy piece of clothing which I rock proudly. Awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a great author. She you know she read novels and stuff like that. She's done her third book, which is great. So. So cool. We're a big horror fan. We all look out for each other. That, that will I, love help all, I love we all connect like I guess the technology like you know talking to celebrities and talking to you knowing my career this is technology this is podcasting this is, this is amazing you know yeah it is really cool like we're communicating on opposite sides of a huge country right uh, via a tiny computer in our pockets or well I'm on my phone you, you might be on your com- actual computer but either way I'm actually on both <laughs> <laughs> well there you go computer and, <laughs> computer and phone <laughs> even Cooler. Talking off the computer and recording on the phone. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, see, exactly. Like, who, who knows what the possibilities will be in just a couple of years. Exactly. And even to think about what we have now is insane. Yeah. And like, like, I, like I say, like, a lot of kids don't realize what was how, the, the struggle we had, you know, as kids. And now you see everybody, like, today, like, they don't appreciate what they actually have. Like, especially how he's coming up. Like, people don't, people just don't care. I don't know. Maybe it's just me or... Well, yeah, they, 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 I think people are, kids are caring about different things, which is right. in a way really good. Um, right. I think they're much more conscious about a lot of things than, than the previous generations. You are right that they're not at, they're not aware of mm-hmm. just how impressive it is, the te- technology that we do have. That's true. You know, I'm like big on anti-bullying and stuff like that. And I, you know, it's just a shame how people actually treat it like, out there, like people. Oh yeah. More respect, but people just don't respect each other anymore. Like they, you know, which they should. Well, yeah, it's either that. I mean, that that's totally a part of it, or maybe they've never respected each other, and we're only just sure. now realizing it because everyone is on the internet. Sure. Um, and and I mean, to that too, it's it's crazy to think about. Uh, there, there's a film, a short that I directed that is kind of about cyberbullying, and it's I, I can't imagine being in high school and having Instagram. Like, can you imagine? Oh that would be horrible. No. I had, I, when I first got out of high school, I'm going to get my age away. Like, when I got out <laughs> first out of high school, MySpace was out. <laughs> like, this, for the first MySpace, and it, AOL, that's how I met my wife on AOL. You met your wife on AOL? That's but, amazing. But we were in the same town, and she actually graduated, graduated my sister. Oh. So it was, like, interesting. Like, wow, AOL, maybe, like, AOL, like, holy shit, that's like a dinosaur. Like, yeah. Right. I know. I had AIM. I had AOL Instant yep. Messenger. Mm-hmm. And then people like, oh, I yeah. saw the AOL, like, you have AOL? Oh, my God. Welcome to my world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, for real. I love when, yeah. I love when someone has, like, a Hotmail email address. I'm like, look at you. <laughs> right? Hotmail. <laughs> Hotmail. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we. I used to talk on AIM on the one computer that my entire family shared. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and it was very big. <laughs> and it was a big screen. It wasn't. 
It wasn't a flat screen. It was a big, it was a big, huge screen, like you know, like a TV it set. Was, it was the opposite of a flat screen. It was a yeah. round screen. It was, it was a round like screen. A yeah, exactly. Screen. <laughs> and you have to yeah. hit it on the side. You know, make sure it works. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No bullying. There's a whole other game for bullying now. Oh, it's like, it's oh, so yeah. scary. It is. It's really scary. Um, yeah, I'm de- definitely definitely opposed <laughs> to bullying. Put that on the record. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Be nice. Exactly. Be nice. Be nice and respectful to everybody. Just be, be nice be, and respectful. Be like the horror film. Don't be an asshole. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, be into yeah. horror films. Be into horror films. Be Come cool. to Horror Family. Come to Jersey Horror Con and Film Festival. Come to conventions yeah. and you'll see the love and all oh, respect we have for each other. It's like a big you know, family. that is the thing that I was the most pleasantly surprised by because mm-hmm. I had I did my first convention this year and I had never done it before and I couldn't believe it. There was so much like this sounds so cliche but there was so much love yeah. it was such a yep. family it felt like and I didn't I wasn't expecting that and it warmed the fuck out of my heart mm-hmm. just thought it was really lovely like there were all these people who didn't feel like we belonged really anywhere else and and all kind of found a, a, a way of belonging and, and other weirdos right you just gotta find your type of weirdo oh we're all weirdos I mean I, I love it you know I, I love my weirdo oh, yeah. family Oh yeah, oh yeah, me too. We're, we're like everyone's a weirdo. It's just a matter of what are you a weirdo about, and right. you find other people who are weird <laughs> like you are. Exactly. Well, you're gonna love Harkon. Trust me. You're, it's a it's a big family. We have such, we have such a great time. It's gonna be an I'm amazing. So it's gonna be an amazing weekend. Trust me. I'm so excited, and I might. I found out recently. I might have a short film playing there as well. Nice. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. If I do, I'll let you know. You can help me put the word out. We'll all go watch it. It'll be great. Hey, well, I'll, I'll come. Not. Let me know. Keep me posted. We'll come here too. We'll do a live video stream, and we can post the shit out of it. We'll go live Ooh. on Facebook or something. Ooh, okay, okay. We'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. Let me know. So, <laughs> of like, course. and final question: What are your upcoming projects? People, can, people can find you. You know, promote yourself right now. <laughs> sure, so you're, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh God. Oh God. Okay. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's that short which I uh, can't talk too much about, but okay. it will probably be playing there. Um, I will, regardless of that film, I will definitely be there uh, at, the, at the horror convention. Super stoked! Um, uh, and it's my wife's my wife's birthday weekend, which is even better. Oh, well, we'll have to take a yeah. Okay, send oh. her over. We're gonna we'll do some sort of birthday. Oh, we, we definitely will. She's in for oh, yeah. she's in for a big surprise that weekend. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Um, things I'm up to. Um, I recently finished directing a short film called Bliss is Orange, which you will hopefully be able to see on the festival circuit soon. Um, hashtag Slut and Max and the Monster, which are both short films that I've directed. Um, I also wrote Max. Those two are still on the festival circuit. They've been winning some awards and stuff, which is super cool. And I'm very stoked about. Um, those are on the festival circuit. In terms of acting stuff, I just did an episode of The Resident on Fox, and that will be airing in December. Nice. So um, my part is not very big, but I'm in it. Check me out. Um, it's, it's a really cool storyline. Um, I just did an episode of Your Worst Nightmare, which is a true crime show on Discovery ID. Nice. I imagine that some of your audience might overlap with that sort of thing. Um, and that's going to be on early next year, I think. Um, I'm also kind of in the middle we're on and off filming um due to weather uh there's a horror feature called killer babes and the frightening film fiasco and um that is definitely it's it's horror as you may (laughs) guess um 
so check that out. That'll be coming out next year. We have to film the rest of it in the spring. Um, is that it? Um, yeah. Oh, and then there's another horror film um, that is currently untitled that I'm in the process of co-writing and um, will also be starring in and doing stunts in. Uh, and that will hopefully also come out next year, and I'll have more details on that one later. But yeah, The Resident, Your Worst Nightmare, Killer Babes. Oh, and uh, you can find me uh, on the internet, like you can find anything. On Instagram, I am at squidthusiast. I love that So <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> love me some cephalopods, huge cephalophile. Yeah, so it's squid, S-Q-U-I-D-T-H-U. S-I-A-S-T. Yeah, I almost forgot how to spell it. <laughs> but yeah, squid enthusiast, like someone who's enthusiastic about squids. Jenna Cannell, K-A-N-E-L-L is my last name. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I answered your guys up. <laughs> awesome. I answered all the, all the parts of that question. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, I'll let you know when that's posted up. I'll tag you on Please. Instagram. Yeah, you I'll can... be sure to, I'll blast it. I'll blast it to the world, to the, to the world of. Awesome. <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jen, this has, been, this has been awesome. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. It's wonderful talking to you, Mike. I'm looking forward to meeting you and your wife at, at the convention, and I appreciate you having me on here. It's going to be an amazing weekend. Trust me. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Take care. Cool. You too, Mike. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And they have folks another episode of The Champ's Word. Jenna K- Kendall. Jenna Kennell. I'm gonna she's gonna beat my butt for not knowing not saying her name right. But it was an amazing interview. Thank, thanks once again, Jenna. It was amazing. Look forward to seeing her at the Jersey Harkon Film Festival. We hope to see all you guys there too. It's next year. March twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and twenty ninth. Hope to see you there. Hope to see my table. Have a great holiday. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Happy holidays to all my fans. I love each and every one of you. And keep spreading the word. Keep supporting. And remember, spread the love, spread the positivity, and spread the word. Champ's word. Fan Champ, the podcast champion. Wants to give a big shout out to Jimmy J of Horror 365. Together, we're going to take the podcast word by storm. Check us both out, show your support, and stay tuned. <laughs> Feeling lonely on a Friday, Saturday, or any night of the week? I got a happy place for you. Go, go, Rama. Beautiful woman, great music, dances, and private rooms. Come on by and hang on out in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Go, go, Rama. Fan Champ fans, big shout out to all the beautiful girls here. Fan Champ supports and loves y'all. Spread the word, Champ's word. Once again, thanks for listening to Champ's Word Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Champ's Word FC. Facebook page, Champ's Word Podcast. Email chancepointpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, we all have a story to tell. You got this.
This is Fan Champ, your podcast champion. Continue to spread the word. Champ's word. Fan Champ here. I take this time to say thank you. Thank you to each and one of you that are listening right now. Thank you for those who have followed me since day one. It means more to me than you'll ever know. Follow your dreams. Follow your heart. If you can, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Don't let anybody ever say you can't because you can. I've been broken down to the very bottom, and I've risen to the very top. The time is now. The time that this podcast gets better than ever. And I'll bring you the best entertainment that you ever could ever imagine. So follow your dreams. Follow your heart. And don't let anybody say that you can't. I love, I love and appreciate each and any one of you. And I appreciate each and any one of you for tuning in and listening to my podcast and your continued support. I hope you continue to support by spreading the word of Chance Word. Again, I love each and any one of you and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Continue to spread the word. Chef's word.